Well, howdy, Mark. Well, howdy there, Johnny. How, How you we doing, doing today? Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, I am doing pretty good. Yeah, dude. Uh, so. I, I don't know if I've ever told you about this before. Probably and arguably the greatest thing about living in Germany is that they have you have sausage everywhere. Now, that is not a gay joke. <laughs> it is a, I am a red-blooded American and I love having linked meats at my whim literally everywhere. You can go outside and like wander around the marketplace and there's just a random guy selling you a giant boat full of currywurst that's got ridiculous curry sauce and french fries and cut up sausages in it and it's like the most amazing oh fucking God. thing in the world the same stall will also sell you a giant bratwurst in a brochen which is like just a small roll and it's like a buck 50 so like oh you can just God. wander around and get sausages everywhere um like they have entire festivals dedicated to to pork pork products and meats like we have over here. We have what's called an obi, obi. Okay. It's got this little like um, uh, beaver mascot, and it's ridiculous. It's bright freaking orange. It's it's essentially Germany's Home Depot. And if I walk okay. to the obi right by my house, there is a stand right next to it where you can get a boat of currywurst and a Red Bull for like two euro. So it's Jesus. like holy shit. Cool. I'm gonna go do my stuff, and then I'm just gonna go and eat eat all my sauce, so- dude. Pork sausage everywhere, <laughs> and I okay. like. I just gotta tell you, man. The the only thing that makes it better is that there are these there's some of these really like popular brands and styles and everything else. But the biggest one has got this like knockoff. Uh, 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 what is it? Um, God, why can't I remember his name? Dave Thomas. Dave, Dave Thomas of oh, Wendy's. Okay. It's got like a yeah. knockoff of his daughter, Wendy, with these like red pigtails and she's wearing the lederhosen and, and all this stuff. And she has the most like gigantic Missy Melons. <laughs> okay. Okay. And they, they've just, they've got this festival man where people dress up as her and it's, you just, you're, you're swimming in, in this like sea of women in red pigtailed wigs and just gigantic push-up bras in later hose it's it's incredible um and am i right to assume that all these women are carrying inordinately large amounts of sausage it, the, yes the bulk of them now the only weird part is is they have this tradition where the largest tallest like most handsome guy in the world gets to walk around and he's also in the the, the full traditional german getup. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's got the little, like, uh, Austrian hats and uh, the, the suspenders, the whole the whole Megillah, dude. Okay. And he walks around, but he's also got just this really big fat guy dressed up as a pig wearing a cape for some reason. That okay. He just, yeah, he just gets to walk around. Um, uh, in, in Germany, you pronounce J's, like the letter J as Y. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. like, like, like my name would be... Yeah, Jaeger or my name is Jon, like things like that. Okay, um, okay, yeah. And and they just everybody walks around saying um um guten tag j5. It's the J5. Guys, we're talking about King of the Hill and this is a very long cold open for that. Welcome to the Dangle podcast. Well, number 1, welcome to Dangle podcast. Uh but also, I know that you said they don't wear hats out there, but I need you to <laughs> give me really. like an OB beaver shirt, some type of like the 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 German Home Depot. I need that yes. mascot on a piece of clothing that I can wear. 
I I will see what I can do. Because that shit sounds awesome. Yes. Um, Hold on a second, buddy. We we are going to... I'm going to just find you an image and send it to our our Discord right now because I I can't not. Right on. Oh, and heads up. This is going to be a fun episode because I got something fun I want to do with you. Okay. Yeah, and I'm going to send that to you right now while you're sending me this thing. Thank you for reminding me. All right, I don't know what in the hell he's he is holding. <laughs> like it, it's like a dot. No, it's like a, a leaf vacuum. It's a leaf blower. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. But there, there you go, buddy. There's oh no! There's going to be a moment when I will ask you to look at that. But we'll get uh, there when we perfect. get there. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Anyway. Anyway. Bang old podcast. Th- th- yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, I don't know. Weird beaver with the leaf blower. I don't. I, something, something. A beaver that can suck and blow. Am I right? <laughs> anyway, this is the weekly King of the Hill podcast <laughs> where I, Mark, and my good buddy Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic King of the Hill. And we talk about the good parts and the bad parts and the high spots and the low spots. We slap it with our patented rating system. And now at what I think is like 60-something episodes, almost 70 episodes, you're damn right that this is patented. Um, and then we eat an inordinate amount of sausage and we sit back and we congratulate ourselves on being two awesome dudes who are awesome. I got nothing. I don't know. Um, the beaver threw me. Let's get into <laughs> it, buddy. You like my beaver. As I am wont to do, I am often misled and thrown by beavers. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to start today's episode with episode 135, Pygmalion. Mark, what is uh, what is the reference here for Pygmalion? The George Bernard Shaw play. You might know it as My Fair Lady. I played a Professor Henry Higgins, and that uh, role is what got me the audition at Adams, which made me be a theater major. Which introduced us to be friends. I know. This is a really special episode. I don't even like that story very much, but it, it does hold a, a special place in my heart. God damn right. Because now I know that it's it's why we're friends. <laughs> it's a weird thought to think about, man. Like, had that not happened, there would be no Dangle podcast. It's true. Hey, I would never have gone to, to our, our school as well had I not been trying to follow my high school girlfriend that didn't end up going there but got a... a uh, whatever you call it, scholarship there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, guys, we have an original air date for this as January 12th, 2003. This is actually a double episode night because our next episode, Megalodale, was also premiered on January 12th, 2003. So it, to me, it seems like they're oh. kind of making up for, uh, they must have like cut a Christmas time episode or something was going on where they had to like cut an, an episode and it just needed to show it somewhere obviously in the rotation so we got we got two this night it's pretty badass i like it when so this is a double billing double billing of new episodes okay. yeah now and it does seem kind of strange the halloween episode yes it seems very They're strange both halloween, this is halloween episode yeah and, and just this is had, january um, yeah and we just had goodbye normal jeans yes yeah so it ain't kind of strange. Uh, Pygmalion was written by Jonathan Collier, and our cast of characters for this episode, we have Hank Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Mark, Luann is back, and she's back in force this week. 
I love yes, it. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, uh, arguably and probably the best villain of King of the Hill, Trip Larson. Uh, <laughs> we have Blanca, Javier, the j- debuts of J5 and... Mark, do you do you recall in watching this episode? Because I looked and scoured and everything else, but there is a character allegedly named Speck that debuts in this episode, but and then also shows up uh, in season eight when uh, Bobby goes on to enjoy Christian Rock. Did you catch a character named Speck by chance in this episode? Speck, I don't think so. Okay, well that's going to kind of kill one of my one of my really fun notes, but we're going to say it. And we'll keep an eye out when the Jesus episode comes up. Well, do your note, because, yeah, that can directly tie into my first one. So, yeah, like, don't don't worry about me, man, because I paid different attentions to this episode, if that makes sense. Oh, no. No worries. No worries. Uh, well, our synopsis for this episode, Mark, Luann gets mistaken for a pork product mascot and nearly becomes the heiress to a vast pork empire. Guys, we found the king of Pigtown. He is in this episode. His name is Trip Larson, and he is voiced by Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yes, as in Batman. Okay, as in Batman. As in R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. Oh my, don't even, it's too soon. I know. I don't want to think about it. I'm in fucking denial. (laughs) But when this comes out, like people, like it will be months or like month after the fact. And people need to know where we were when it happened. And we're both like crippled by it just a little bit. You're just gonna icicle somebody in the heart because it's gonna they're gonna be like okay with it finally after a month of grieving and then be like, damn you, why did you do this? Yeah, well, no uh, fucking forget. Yeah. Kevin Conroy was like literally a hero. He was the best Batman, and he's what we yes, should aspire to he's be. He's our Batman. Like as a per- as a person, he's what we should aspire to be. A, a wonderful, upstanding human being. Like, a, you know, like. A rare treasure of a human, and not just yes. because he was Batman, but an amazing guy. And no, we should remember. I didn't mean to get all like sentimental Ugh. and weird, but goddamn, no, we ought he's to our Batman. Out and... for... Yeah. yeah. And again, guys, you're going to hear this a month later, but for Johnny and I, this happened yesterday, so. Ugh. Yeah. Well, Mark, A story character. Now that I've here, totally brought down the mood. <laughs> um, I don't think we have a B story here, uh, but our A story is Luann, Peggy, Trip, and Hank. Um, the one, so the one note that I want to give is there's a character in here, allegedly named Speck. It'll show up later, I I guess, in another episode in season eight. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for it. But fun fact, Mark, do you know what the German word for bacon is? Uh, what? Speck. (laughs) Oh, okay. So in an episode about pork and specifically using a lot of, uh, uh, German, German, like, uh, uh, I don't know what the what I'm trying to think of here. Like, imagery. Imagery is the right word here. Um, yeah. It's just funny to me that allegedly there's a character in here named Speck, which is literally the word for bacon. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That's really you cool. Always ask for, you always ask for your Spätzle mit Speck, because okay. uh, Spätzle is made instantly better with crumbled up bacon in it. Okay, right on. Same with schnitzel, but schnitzel is already pork. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, I, I just want to give pork. that note it's real great. quick. Um, Mark, give me some of your notes, and then I can jump into some more of mine. Yeah, sure. Number one, rattlesnakes. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. a new, it's a new restaurant. It's a new place. Arlen is growing. That's cool. Yes. Luan is back. Yay. I just that I just had that in exclamation points, and I'm glad to see her this one instead of spoilers 
in a later episode. Mm. <laughs> um, I really like Peggy in this one. She's a hundred percent on point, but this is also a hundred percent like bad brain. Oh, she's Peggy just episode. the worst. Oh yeah, she's unbearable like, in this episode. Right or not, oh, yeah. she is hard to listen to. Yeah, no, but I also mean like she's right as in like this is what her character ought to be doing. She's very much in character. It's a really good Peggy episode for like Peggy being not a bad guy, but I would say like almost a force of menace until she can't be. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, I just really appreciated Peggy. Hank knows about the casting couch trick because of Buck about the whole, Oh yeah, I'm going to his house and Hank gets all defensive about it. Yeah. Buck has done this a hundred times. Yeah. Um, uh, Johnny, I sent you a, okay. So they're talking about, um, NFL bloopers, right? Yes. Um, I sent you a link. I want you to pull it up and we're going to talk about the snowman that caught fire. And uh, well, this is, I'm just going to, okay. there's a little bit of build up okay. football and stuff. So yeah, here's this clip, Johnny, from a football game in 1977. It's the NFC championship. Yeah, um, they're talking about Golden Richards and Danny Gone. It's kind of fun. Pitch back to Dorsett. Cowboy Metallic Blue. The first man to come up and slow him down was Nate Wright. He tried to jitterbug around Nate, and that took up too much time. I also really appreciate, like, the cleanness and the snappiness of all the action in the field. At, like, all times. Oh, yeah. Man. Man, I wish I could watch that. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you see him? Oh, my God. What the? And the guy is, he is so casual about it. And even does this little, like, comical, woo! What the fuck? <laughs> do you see the, like, do you see the concern on the players' faces? Or hear from the announce crew the concern? No. You don't. No. They do not care. There is a man on fire, and they do not care. Oh, Listeners, my God. Gonna okay, I'm going to stop this now. Too. Yeah. Oh. They, um, they cart the guy out. Like, that's about it. But, um, no, they didn't stop the game. Nothing happened. Like, one would think that, like, a walking mobile fire hazard would be enough to, like, call a timeout. But I guess not. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. So there's that. There's the. Uh, there's one snowman that was on fire. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. So that was the NFC game. Do you know who the, who was playing particularly? Um, I don't. It was 1977. It was Cowboys and somebody. It, well, I don't even know if it was Cowboys because the says to me that that was uh, er, Super Bowl 11, and it was the Raiders. Yeah, you can tell Raiders the Raiders, Raiders and the Rams. black and silver Rams. Yeah, it looks like Raiders and the Rams. Oh, I thought um, Golden Richards was a cowboy. It, he was, but he was also, he was also, he, it wasn't just a cowboy. We'll, we'll look that up. We'll, we'll, we can amend that when we get to it as well. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. We'll throw but that up on the Twitter. There bit. you go. There's God, that is terrifying. I know. And the fucking indifference to it, just from everybody on all ends. And I'm like, yeah, how much of this shit happened? Like, I'm going to look into, like, chaos at sporting events in the 70s. I got a bad feeling about this. Or just random shit that you could find on the TV. upcoming two wizards. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like... Yeah, I... You're going to guess on a special two wizards. Yeah, you're going to guess on this. I'm going to have to. It's going to... Yeah. You help me break this. We're going to get into it. Anyway, moving (laughs) on. 
Um, Johnny, right now, pork is about 550 a pound, so a 300-pound pig is going to run you about $1,000. Okay. Yeah, that'd be, that would literally be food for the year, I would imagine, a thousand or 300 pounds of pork. Uh, it, I mean, it can be. I actually, I have a note on this as well. Oh, so okay. just a little bit here. So a half of a hog that's been processed, at least the last time I bought one, which was about two years ago. So inflation's a bitch because it wasn't as expensive as it, as it is now. But I think we paid about 250, 300 bucks to get it and have it processed. So if you consider oh, wow. a full hog completely done about two years ago, it was probably 600, $650. Okay. And yeah, it being about a grand now kind of shows you just how much inflation is is sucking ass because that's huge. That's a third, like a, a whole whole thirty percent higher than it fucking should be. But yeah, 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 yeah. And we made half a. I mean, we don't eat. We didn't eat the pig every single day, but we could make it last about half a year. So yeah, you're right. It's about a year's worth of meat, especially like if you're mixing in some other stuff with it. Oh yeah. Well, there's some yeah. stuff like, you know, you can do like ham. That's like a multi-night meal. You can do soup off the ham. That's like a shit. You could probably just do ham for a whole month. Oh, you absolutely if you, like, can. wanted to hate your life, you could totally eat ham for nothing but a month. Well, and we, so we used a lot of ours. We made a breakfast sausage out of it because that's my absolute favorite byproduct of pork. That if it's, if it, if it can be sausageificated, then that's what I want <laughs> to, to, to use a Dale term here because, you know, we, we need a little bit more Dale in our life. Um, here, here. And God, yeah, it's if I can get good breakfast sausage or uh, brats out of out of a pig, that's pretty much all I'm going to do with it. I like that more than any other pork byproduct. Pork chops be damned. It is what it is. <laughs> um, couple couple more notes. Um, number one, I had uh, some dental work done they put me on a uh, prednisone steroids to help me heal i haven't slept yeah. more than two hours a night for about a week oh. now um i'm all right but i'm just in this weird like what does a brain do when it's not sleeping and the answer is you just keep reading and get weirder and weirder but goddamn i wish i could sleep <laughs> for 14 hours and yeah. pursuant to that uh moving forward i think it's important to note that when i watched this i was cryptically high and I stopped it and restarted it and decided to watch it under the scope of this is not an episode of King of the Hill. It's a horror movie. Yes. This, uh, this episode, so, I feel like it's got that reputation anyway. I, I might need to go back and rewatch this one from a King of the Hill standpoint. Because like I say, I did rate it from a more horror movie standpoint. But I, I, I'm also able to like, you know, still say it's King of the Hill. But just, you know... As we go forward, I might get a little weird and cryptic. Right. So, no, that's okay. It's, yeah, it's, uh, no, I was going to say, it's really hard to separate it from the horror aspect of this. And I really don't know why we didn't get it for Halloween because can you imagine this paired up with whatever the Simpsons Halloween special would be? Like, oh my God. Yeah. Damn. Well, and then the next one, like, Fucking Megalodale is also a horror. Megalodale is a monster movie. This is a, like a, a yes. This is like a supernatural horror movie. Yes. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's see here. Notes. Dude, Trip is the worst kind of beta alpha neckbeard. I <laughs> I cannot stand him. He is he is one of those like weird, gross Ben Shapiro wannabes that just so happens to have da- granddaddy's pork money. Right. And I I just 
his whole you know, what brings me into this is his whole thing that he says to Luann about you know you're not dumb you're just ignorant and he says it like it's not a bad thing like he's trying to compliment her for being ignorant and it's like that is the, the like shittiest of power plays that people still try and use and it worked like like he mansplained that to her and, and yes it worked and i will give it the fact that it's luann she's not supposed to be that smart but god the fact that people think that that is an appropriate th- like way to approach someone and talk to them like no fucking yeah. thank you yeah so, it's pretty messed up trip trip is he's he's just a scummy human um i don't think that the age disparity in this should be a thing because Luann at this point is like 20. Because Peggy makes a comment about how she shouldn't be dating him, shouldn't be dating Trip, because he is the same age as her father. And, yeah, y- you know, I just don't see it anymore. Luann is a grown-ass woman. At this point, she's almost 21, right? We haven't hit per- the, the, yeah, the Hank gets drunk with yeah. Luann episode. Yeah. But she is old enough to have her own house, like she rents her own house. She's had roommates. She goes to college. She makes her own choices. And She's an adult, yeah. She has kept herself out of jail and not pregnant with said choices. Like, I think, other than Peggy getting her fucking fired all the time, um, like, she has usual gainful employment. You know what? Let her date who she wants to date. Yeah, she's not the smartest person in the world, but let her date. Yeah, yeah, but also, goddamn, them daddy issues run deep, don't they? Yeah, yes, they do. Yes, Holy they do. Holy shit, that's, that well that's... is deep and vast. <laughs> oh god, yes. Um, we talked about how much it is to process half a pig. So uh-huh. that's excellent. Uh, so I'm I got two more pig, here. Like pork minded. I'm I'm proud of us. <laughs> oh, Consistency yeah. out of you and I, if nothing else, like. We're going to get mad about veterans' rights and then talk about pork product. Like, that's what we're going to do on this goddamn show, I think. It it is what it is, man. You know, I think we calculated how many pigs we ate once. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I got two more, Mark, and they're they're two good ones here. Because one of them is like a voice actory one, and another one is me getting to to jump into being a a budding therapist, which I haven't fucking done in like half a year. So that's exciting. Um, So Michael Keaton... Michael Keaton yes. is our voice actor for this, and goddamn, is he a good voice actor? Can I just say that? Can you like? I don't know if you agree with me or not. I oh no, thousand percent. He was great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I I had to stop and look and go. Has he done any other serious voice acting? And yes, he has. Okay. So I got three specific roles here, Mark, that people may know him from. Two of them probably more than the last one, but. It is what it is. The last one's my favorite, personally. So, he is the voice of Mr. Green Car Chick Hicks in the movie Cars by Pixar. He is Mr. Kajiga. Okay, okay. Um, He is the voice of Ken, as in Ken, the Barbie doll Ken from the Toy Story movies. Okay. And for all of you guys out there that haven't watched uh, Hayao Miyazaki's Studio Ghibli production of Porco Rosso, you need to go and watch watch it. He is the voice of Porco Rosso in the English dub version of it. It is essentially uh, a beautiful, beautifully animated movie about a man who was turned into a pig and he's a World War I fighting pilot, fighter pilot, that basically just wants to hang out and be left alone but gets drugged back into nonsense. He is like the, they, they call him the Crimson Pig. That's what Porco Rosso means in French. 
and he is just like the most badass fighter pilot and he is the grumpiest ass like human man pig and it's got like a beautiful love story into it and he's got this whole like story of oh there's this budding mechanic that wants to work with him and he doesn't want anything to do with her because she's a little kid and there's a mentor story that goes dude it's so good if you've never seen it like holy shit as a, you know me I'm, as a rule i'm not a big uh ghibli fan you're not, but you're not you're not i i just come on can we, where's the chase and how do we get <clears> to it but point is i will watch michael keaton be a pig man on your recommendation it's it's one of the better ones because it doesn't it's not super kitty like a lot of studio ghibli it's yeah. definitely got some more adult tones to it now it, okay. it's also okay. got a bunch of like airplane like seaplane pilots because he's a seaplane cap or seaplane pilot at this point in his life um mm-hmm. and it's like uh brad garrett being a ridiculous seaplane pirate and and shit like that so that gets annoying but it's got its moments where if you can if you can suffer through some of the kitty stuff, it it gets really beautiful and deep. And it's Studio Ghibli, so you could just watch it on mute and and literally just watch it for the art, and it would be perfect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the other note that I've got here is we have a moment near the end. Spoilers for you guys watching the episode, uh, where Trip gets an electric shock to his brain. Mark. Yes. And yes, I just wanted to get uh, a little therapisty here because uh, ECT or electroconvulsive therapy is a real thing and it still happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, ECT is, it, it's not experimental. It has got a lot of uh, uh, proven uses, their documented uses and actual successes. That's why they continue to allow it to happen because it seems pretty brutal to just zap somebody in the head and say, okay, now you you don't have a mental health disorder anymore, or now we fixed you. Um, you can't just do that without somebody saying, hey, here's the proof in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an 80 to 85% success rate in people who have medication-resistant depression. This is somebody no that has shit. taken like every kind of depression uh, uh, pill and like tried basically every therapy there is and it doesn't touch it there is such a thing as medically resistant depression and this has an 80 to 85 percent success rates so okay with that being said um what trip says at the end of the episode after he gets shocked is not congruent and doesn't make sense with what that that shock therapy would have done to him because he is describing uh hearing audio hallucinations which uh-huh. it tends to be more in the family of schizoaffective disorder, which is not the same as depression. So this wouldn't right. have been something that, if in theory, I, I'm I'm being the the uh, uh, comic book guy here because I don't usually get a chance to talk about shit like this. That's um, all right. I'm not hating. I'm I'm, I'm glad. Easy. I like this kind of shit. Yeah, ECT would not work with schizoaffective disorder, which is clearly what he is describing when he says the voices are no longer there. What what's going on? Hell yeah, I love that. Now he probably we got has King a lot of, the of other shit like going a, on, but yeah, no, I, I like it. It's a good spin. Yeah. Anyway, there's those are those are my notes. Thank you for letting me uh, talk a little therapy with you guys here. ECT is a real thing. If you have somebody that you know that has tried uh, therapy and has tried antidepressants and has tried everything in the world to get get their shit done, have them talk to their psychotherapist or have them talk to a psychologist about electroconvulsive therapy. There's a lot of like good places out there that can endorse it there's a lot of uh, practitioners that will give you all of the data you ever need and will explain how it works but hey yeah. if, if you need help get the help 
Yes, get get the damn help. Yes. <laughs> Mark, give me some pros. I, I'm like literally foaming at the mouth because I've been talking too much. <laughs> Not at all. You're good, buddy. Uh, pros, I like Bobby's fat kid logic of um, I can have dinner, then my st- or dessert, then my steak, then my salad if I have room. Good job, Bobby. I'm proud of you. Yes. Yes. The French had something right with that, right? Yeah, I like that a lot. It's just an animation bit, and maybe I haven't... I don't know. This was a weird time capsule episode for me, because I was looking at, like... Just now we're getting into a point where I remember, like, being older and taking more note of the world. And okay, up until a certain time, I don't remember those, like, weird witches hitting shit. You know what I mean? Okay. And the hills have one in their backyard. There's just a witch that smashed into the tree. And I remember yeah, for like yeah, yeah. Y- a couple years there. God damn, that was like the most popular decoration until it was overdone. And I was like, I want to say this is like the first time I remember seeing one like that. And I'm like, wow, cool. I don't know. It was a dumb note, but it was a pro form. Okay. Um, Jesus, Trip is a good villain. That's just a pro. Yes. God damn, he is horrifying. Like, <sighs> this is a Stephen King you know, I I don't know. Yes. I need to talk this out with you. Because, like, again, this is, like, my pro, a, a resounding pro is, like, this is a scary goddamn episode. This is an unsettling episode. This is a horror movie of an episode. And, like, I, we're, I'm going to bitch a lot here. Um, Like, there are two dogs fighting in me. We're, like... We're getting sitcom-y where endings don't make any difference. There's no bearing. Um, right, Luann and right. Peggy killed a guy. Well, Peggy. Peggy directly killed a guy. She pushed Luann out of the way, said, let me do it. And she's literally the one that did it. Like, it'd be manslaughter, I guess. But Peggy killed a guy, and they both watched it happen. And then next week, okay. we're playing in the Megalomart. So there's no resolution. Nothing happens. But, but... <laughs> It's also just like a goddamn horror movie where, like, okay, I stabbed the the villain. I killed the villain, and we don't get to see the after effect of the psychological trauma that I endured. We don't see what happens right. to the girl in Texas Chainsaw Massacre after she jumps in the bed of the truck. That's it. That's the end of it. So, like, bad episode of TV, great fucking horror movie. Like, oh, it's such a good episode. I'm sorry. Sorry. You no, don't apologize. That's I, I'm right there with you. Uh, you hit the nail on the head here with, with the exception of him coming to his senses at the end and then getting impaled by the the pork processing machine. This is very much a Stephen King story. It's about a creepy guy that that just like has completely lost his grip on on the real world. Something else is going on, and he has gone to the extreme to the point where you have the ridiculous setup and, and backdrop in the back. It's so gross and creepy and yeah, I dude, I, I dig it. it it's yeah. really, really hard. Like we were saying earlier to separate this from King of the Hill and, and not just have it be a horror episode because that's really yeah. what it belongs in. I, I, I just, it's um, so cool. I don't know. You, you, you know, and like the maliciousness of trip, just like when he's got Hank up in the balloon and he just like jerks that, rope yeah he'll kill this dude he didn't give a shit how many people has he killed you know what and it's just like Mm -hmm. he's a great villain i gotta also give props to luann she's very intelligent in this episode she makes the choice to get out like good for her um i'm kind of bummed the major babies didn't do a little bit of a performance but i don't care it's all right um (laughs) i don't but like yeah dude i god damn 
no, you talk to me. I'm sorry. I'm like, I've got a boner. We've been talking about pork You're products, good. and now I'm like talking about horror movies, and I've, I'm turgid. And Luann is here with red hair. Oh God, I can't do it. Like. Oh, you're you're good, buddy. Um, I, now that now that you have made it actually a point here to to say that Peggy is the one responsible for Trip dying, which she very much is. I've just never really thought of it that way. I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. Who is the bigger criminal in the ultimately in this series between Peggy, who has straight up murdered a guy and who has become a drug mule? Uh huh. At least at one point. And I'm sure she does all sorts of other shit compared to somebody like Hank who has done, um, oh, let's see. We've got him blowing up a, a car, a shitload of cars, like an entire used car lot. And we've got him doing like blowing up the Megalomar or like just random. Like who do you think yeah. is the bigger menace with like crimes that are attributed to them or indirectly to them? Hank or Peggy? In terms of damage, it's Hank. Okay. Property damage is Hank, but in terms of like felony, it's Peggy. Um, she operated okay. an illegal gambling parlor. That's a huge deal. That's yep. that's fucking that's Rico shit right there. Like, um, <laughs> that like that's the hills can lose their house and everything. Um, yeah. Like she's got that. She's got the 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 mule deal. Like you hit already. Um, yep. Um. Uh, um, trafficking like immigrants, like when she steals. Lupin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's a uh, um, yeah, human trafficking. Yeah, like unknowing or not, doesn't matter. Had sex, like, um, <laughs> she kills this man. Um, assault on a minor when she hits Dooley and paddling Peggy. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, like. She breaks Bill's arm, which I think is justifiable, but she still broke the man's arm, knocking him off the bleachers. Like, that's assault. Yep. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> this kind of goes back to our, my, like, overarching theory of, like, I want to see a show about the neighbors on Rainy Street having to deal with the goddamn hillbillies next door. Because right? you're, you're right. Like, both of these people are goddamn criminals as hell. At least Hank is... <laughs> is dumb. You know what I mean? Like Hank isn't, he didn't blow up the Megalomart and he didn't. In, I mean, he, he did I, cut Dale's finger off like two episodes ago. Accidental man. That's incidental. You know, like the judge is just <laughs> dumb. Like he did buy a bunch of crack Mark. Yeah, but that's crack dude. That's a fucking <laughs> possession charge. And he's white. No one cares. Possessions of misdemeanor. <laughs> he's not distributing and and the judge found him not guilty. So in the eyes of the law, Hank is not guilty. And yeah, I know what you're going to say, but in the eyes of the Mexican law, Peggy's not guilty for Lupe. Or is she a goddamn criminal mastermind? I don't know. Oh my <laughs> god, the fucking gun running episode we just watched. The Which one? The gun running one. Full metal dust jacket. I don't know oh, how Texas absolutely. gun laws operate, but she, Dale, literally, she's literally an accomplice to like fucking sale of oodles of gun firearms. crimes i don't know how the law the gun laws in texas worked in the 90s but shit man yeah. that there's no way that's all right you know oh no that's atf all over it yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah peggy's especially a goddamn like, criminal mastermind especially considering it looks like they sold a gun to the unabomber um okay i'm getting into <laughs> well, that's okay, because now unabomber we're getting never off shot anybody he just you know blew him up so it's okay <laughs> Uh, my pros here. Um, Mark, how 
<clears throat> how have we gone seven seasons without Hank really having the men are only interested in one thing conversation with Luann? Uh, like, yeah. It's a pro to me that they, they've managed to save it until season seven. And we kind of got it in Reemergent Virgin, but or Luann Virgin 2.0. Right. But like not really, I don't think. <clears throat> um it's also a pro to me because yeah. it shows that it shows that Hank still active is actively caring about Luann and what happens to her. Like you're not under my roof anymore and you're just my niece by marriage, but I still really do think of you in a, spe- a specific way. And he doesn't yeah. show that enough to Luann. I don't think at least he hasn't lately, but we also haven't seen Luann in a long time. She's been um, gone. Like she has not been around. We talked, we talked about this a lot. Like most of season six, she was not there. Right. Well, this is Brittany Murphy hitting her hitting her stride in Hollywood and, and not having to do a lot of King of the Hill. Like she's there as a character, but she's also very right offable at this point. Like you could yeah, just totally, make, yeah, she's make a, Blue Man yeah. go away if she hits it even bigger and not re up a contract. But yeah. um, okay. So th- this is a pro here, and you feel free to bonk me with the horny stick. But dude, Luann in her purple pantsuit. And the way they animate her ass looking out over the, the balloon. Mark, I, we got to get a hold of those animators, man. Like, if I if I need a frame of Luann, it's that. No, no, it's Luann and the, no, redhead Luann and the uh, Durndal. That's what's up. That's... This is, I mean, I it made me want to say clean peaches and heavy syrup. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it gets any hotter and this flower's going to be wilting, buddy. Um, <laughs> and then the last one I got here for pros, Michael Keaton is just such a good bad guy. He's so yeah. fucking good. Yeah, Guys, is. go back and, and appreciate Michael Keaton for all that he did. He's not he's not the best Batman in the world, but we got Beetlejuice out of him. We got a, a decent Spider-Man villain out of him. Like, let's fucking rock. He was in Spider-Man? He's uh he's the vulture in the first uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man. He's really oh, fucking good too. That's my weak link. I haven't watched the Spider-Mans. I'm dumb. Oh that's dude, he's fault. he's a solid solid vulture. Go watch it, dude. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. But uh give me some cons, man. Con. Um number 1, and I did not plan this, but direct contrast to your last pro. Luann looks like the Joker slash RIP Kevin Conroy. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> con and this isn't even a con just remember i was a little high well okay i was cryptically high when i watched this but um con peggy did not softball pitch whip the book into the hot air balloon she could have done it she could have fucking murdered yep. trip with his own autobiography like oh yeah a thousand percent she totally could have should have done it would have been hilarious or like at least taken the shot you know <laughs> um but mark I don't think he, she should do that. He's very old. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to Peggy Duncan veterans in a dunk tank. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> um, pro slash con. The Bobby's a little pig joke. Did you catch that? <laughs> yes. Um, Hank saying, does it remind you of somebody else when he was little? When they're looking at yeah. the J5? Yeah, yeah, yeah and super mean, but boy, did I laugh too hard at that. Um, and finally, con Brazilian Rosewood. God damn, just guys, don't do it. It's bad. 
Stop killing the force no. for your fucking desk. Like, hey, Bolsonaro's not like, in power anymore, and the guy they got instead of him has straight up pledged to stop deforesting the Amazon. So pop, if pop. you can find it that's already done, then you may as well grab it now because it'll probably go up in value. He wants to save the damn Amazon, which is good. Yes, yes. Which we should be doing, but... Yes. Uh, yeah, those are my cons, buddy. Um, I, I only have uh, like one or two here, and we've already kind of addressed both of them. Uh, Peggy is just the fucking worst in this episode. She is obnoxious. This is like... This is full-on Peggy I don't like because... Yes, she is the the saving grace of Luann in the end, but she is still the most obnoxious person in the whole episode. And those are hard ones for me to watch. Yeah. Um I, I love her for being flawed, but damn, is it hard to watch. And then we just had... This is an out-of-sequence episode. We just had Thanksgiving about five episodes ago. This one straight up has a jack-o'-lantern next to the guys when they're out in the alley. Like, it's a Halloween oh, yeah. episode. They go to a Halloween party. Why the didn't you get to up? see this yeah. two months ago? Yeah. Like, that that bugs me. It's like, come on, did you just not have this in production? Or did you think it was too scary to show on Halloween? Which is like, why, why bother then? Why show me in January? Or did Major League Baseball fuck it up? I mean, it might have, but that's still inexcusable because you can still <laughs> you can still show this. Baseball doesn't go into into November. Like there's like it's like three times in history it's gone into November and never yeah. into the second week because that's just not how the schedule works. It's called the October Classic for a fucking reason. So you've got three weeks to play with here. Two weeks if it's one of those magical three years that you can shoehorn this in before Thanksgiving. Buck and find what, a way. What year is this? Four, three or four? Um, what, what do you mean? What year did they drop this? What year did, was the release? Oh, three. Oh, never mind. So it would have been 2002. It would have been the World Series from 2002. Yeah, no, I was thinking Um, I, I, if it was four, it would have been the election, and that's why they would have not. Because uh, it would have been even then, though, election, election coverage is about George Bush stealing it again. Ugh, that's dumb. So I don't know. Mark, let's, don't know. Get, let's get to some favorite moments, buddy. Favorite moments, I have but one. Well, I've got two, okay. but... Um, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my overall favorite moment is Javier going, life is a series of compromises. I want to (laughs) know, I want to know that poor man's backstory. I just give me a little like 15, like, I don't know, a little 10 minute vignette of just how Javier became the Larson pork product man. And then, um, that end line where Luann goes, I guess he's in a better place. And Peggy goes, he was killed and made into sausage. He is not in a better place. <laughs> the man is now a sausage. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Uh, I got two here. Uh, okay. I am a proud, ignorant woman, is one. <laughs> that will always, always get a, a chuckle out of me. And Mark, I hate to say this twice in a meal, but Lane... Pratley. I, I mean, horse's ass. <laughs> <laughs> to go with our long-running joke of horse's ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's get this guy rated, man. Uh, do you you have uh, you got anything you want to say about our rating system? You want me to go rock and roll with it? Well, I've got an idea. If you want to help me out with it. 
Absolutely. All right, we're going to break down our rating systems like this. Batman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so number one at the very bottom is a charcoal. That is a complete failure of an episode of King of the Hill. Characters are not used right. The plot sucks. It doesn't make sense. The animation's off. It's a bad episode. In this case, if it's a Batman, ah, it's George Clooney. Holy shit, was George Clooney's Batman awful? <laughs> Just ugh. You're gonna say Clooney over making? Huh? You're gonna say Clooney over Kilmer? Clooney at least got two movies. Mm, no, I'm saying Clooney, man. Like, <laughs> okay. While okay. I do believe that the uh, Schumacher. Uh, Batman is the best Batman movie ever made. Um, I do not think that George Clooney is a good Batman. Uh, above that is Megalo. It's like a bronze. It's a bad episode, but you're still going to watch it. It's not that great, but it has enough in it that you're not going to turn it off and you're just going to kind of suffer through it and be all right with that. And in this case, I'm going to go ahead and call it. That's Michael Keaton. Okay. He's not that good of a Batman, but he's fine. He does a good job, I guess, if you can get over Bruce Wayne being a curly-headed fuck. Um, <laughs> after that is Butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. and But everybody kind of does seem to love it. And for this one, it's either Adam West or... Um, uh, oh my god, help me out here. Who was just Batman in the stupid Nolan-verse? Christian Bale? Thank you. Yeah. Okay. It's either Adam West or Christian Bale. Everybody seems to just say that between the Batman arc, goofy ass Adam West is the best and or is the best. So I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, above that. Oh, sorry. I gave myself the goddamn gigg giggles there. <laughs> I just you you cut out because you gurgled too way too fucking hard in my headset, so it just that made it even better. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm so excited to listen to this one in post. <laughs> okay, oh, charking, yeah. charking, focus, buddy. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, above that. Is our Char King. That's our gold rank. It's an amazing episode of King of the Hill. It might be one of the best episodes of King of the Hill, but something kind of stuck in your craw about it. It just wasn't quite right. You know, it just... Maybe characters were weird, or, like, the animation got buggy, because Johnny and I will dock for animation, especially in these later seasons. Yes, we will. Um, or, you know, maybe, like, it's a great episode, but you need a lot of context to enjoy it. And in that case, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that it's goddamn Robert Pattinson as Batman. Holy shit. Robert Pattinson the Bat was amazing, but he probably just wasn't for everybody, I'm sure. Okay. Did you see the new Batman? Oh, I did. I, I don't know. I really liked it. I was torn between this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen and this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But resoundingly throughout, I just loved our pats. Go you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess I'm team <laughs> Edward. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Um, finally, above that, our Blue Flame of Valor, the, the gold standard, the highest ranking and rating we can ever achieve, the best episode of King of the Hill. You can show it to anybody with zero context, and they love it. Um, we already know who it is. Kevin Conroy, man. Our Batman. Mr. Mask John, of the fucking, it. Mask of the fucking Phantasm, dude. God damn. Oh. oh. 
that arc in what was it the the DC crossover universe deal when he played um Kingdom Come Batman or Bruce Wayne oh Jesus Christ it was amazing the entire Arkham series of video games Batman the animated series uh multiple um, Batman Beyond car- Batman Beyond oh my god ooh As Batman Bruce, Beyond is a good one shit. ooh so much but he is the blue flame of Batman the blue flame of Valor um I need you to tell me your rating because I've really got to talk to you about mine. What are you giving this one on a scale of... <laughs> I forgot who I was being mean to in the beginning to be sucking Kevin Conroy's dick. <laughs> um, yeah. What are you rating it? Uh, it's it's definitely no Tang for me because <laughs> I, I cannot stand him. I also love that you co- you just didn't even bother talking about Kilmer and you didn't bother talking about Ben Affleck. So it's um, just I re- So me. I hate... Batfleck, but I loved I loved Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. I thought he was the best Bruce Wayne we've ever gotten. Okay, fair. I thought he was like the right way to do Bruce Wayne. Um, I really liked the Snyderverse. I know I'm one of four people in America that loved it or liked it, and then like loved the goddamn Snyder cut. I I was into it a thousand okay. percent. But yeah, I fuck I, you, I, I love yeah. Man of Steel. Like I think that's a great movie. I don't. Yeah, I love Donna Justice. I don't care about the Martha bit. I fuck you. Like comic books are so <laughs> stupid. Like comic books are so fucking dumb. And you're gonna get mad about that. That's what's okay. Never mind that. Like here's a motherfucker thinking he's a bat. Like <laughs> like all, the entire the entire Tom Hardy Bane neutralizes anything you have to fucking say about anything. Okay, <laughs> we're done. Are you making me a rating, John? Uh, so anyway, we're we're gonna go right on here and say it's a charking. Well, that's not my person. My personal charking is not uh, Pattinson. Um, okay. It's it is what it is. It's a charking, man. It's creep. This episode's creepy as hell. It's incredibly memorable. Um, the only downside I found to this is that it is so hard for me personally to watch Peggy. Mm. Like, it's so hard for me because she's almost mean to a point. Like, I hate watching her insert herself into Luann's life so much because in my mind at this point, Luann is a fully grown fucking woman. Yeah. Okay. So it's hard. Um, okay. But yeah, so it's it's a charking for me. How about you, man? Okay. Um, before I do that, can I ask you, we talk a lot about endings and stuff in this. And like, um, so having known the end of this episode... Does that affect your ability to rewatch it, or do you just roll with it? Um, so we've we've had this discussion with a few episodes now, where if you know the ending, it's not as fun and yeah. it loses its steam. I don't think that's the case with this because I know what's coming. It's the same thing with watching a horror movie. I know that Michael Myers is going to run around and like straight up lift a dude by his neck and staple him to the fucking wall with a knife. I know mm-hmm. it's going to fucking happen, and I've watched it a hundred times because it never is not entertaining to me. So Trip finally coming to his senses and then immediately getting speared by a freaking like pork machine it is it is never not going to be a satisfying ending to me especially cuz the guy's a fucking creep the whole episode so it's almost like a sense of justice okay so cool it doesn't ruin it it doesn't ruin it for me in this episode okay right on yeah it does that yeah i cuz i really like obviously throughout um man okay so for me personally as an episode of king of the hill i don't know where i'm at 
It's a butane. It's okay. a really all right episode. Peggy's hard to watch. That's fair. It's weird. It's weird how it kicks from like zero to 60 just all at once. That's nuts. Um, By and large, everybody's used pretty much right. Like a little bit more character growth out of Luann. Like this isn't Jane and Jane where she is too dumb to leave. She makes a choice to leave. So that's right. Cool. But then, there is but then, growth but then here. yeah, there's growth. It's a pretty solid episode. Um, but then at the same time, I almost think this might be a blue flame of valor. If you show this to anybody out of context, it will make as much sense as you watching it right now. Like you, Johnny watching it right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a it's an unsettling episode. Um, had it been a Halloween episode, this could have been a perfect episode. Like this is something that we would like talk about. You know, like we all remember watching Tree Houses of Horror around Halloween. They were always delayed, like the second week in November or whatever, first second week. But like we all remember them. You know, if this was yeah. aired on Halloween, especially with the pairing of Megalodale next episode, goddamn, like we'd still be kind of thinking about this as like a memorable horror moment from our childhood. Um. Oh, this yeah. might be somebody's first introduction to horror and not even realize it because I didn't realize it until I stopped it halfway through and restarted it and started watching it as a horror movie. There's like POV shots of the killer. Like there's the goddamn like misdirect of the pig in the, in the room. Like just that is like, yes. that's not the most. Okay. Between that and trip walking out and in his music. full, like, well that and, and trip walking out in his, pig regalia that is the most stephen king fucking scene i've ever seen in anything ever and 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 him like threatening peggy with hank in the balloon like man i oh it's a blue flame for me but it's also it's a butte flame of valor that's what i'm going with because you can't show you you can't show this to somebody who's not a horror fan and have it have the same effect because like if I showed this to my mom who doesn't like horror movies, she's not going to be into it. That's my new, like, bearing on this is, do, can I show this to my mom and she will enjoy it, you know? Okay. She would have liked Ho, yeah, okay. but this one not so much. That's where I'm at. Bew Flame of Valor. Um, <laughs> wow, we spent an hour talking about this one. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> surprised. Um, if, if you are a fan of this type of character, like this sort of menace in your horror movies, Mark, and for all of you listeners out there, if you really enjoyed like kind of like ridiculously unsettling creep that Trip is and his just like descent into madness, I've got a movie for you to watch that came out within the last six months. Okay. Watch The Black Phone with Ethan Hawke. Okay. Um, it is written by Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son. It is set in Colorado, so that already is a huge, like, big plus for me because I love it when it's an area that I not only know of, but I actually worked in the area that it's it was set in for like about three years. Um, and it, it it is incredibly unnerving and really really fucking good, like really fucking good. So the Black awesome. Phone, Ethan Hawke. Right on. I will have to check that one out. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's move on from this because this, you and I could just do a whole podcast on horror movies, and that's not what this is. This is the Dangle Podcast, Mark, where we talk about episode 136, Megalodale, also aired on January 12th, 2003. This is written by J.B. Cook and has these, this cast of characters. Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bildo Treve. We have Norm Gladwell of the Megalomart, voiced by everybody's favorite dad on tv mark tom arnold oh it was tom arnold yes yes there we uh, go we have an, there we go <laughs> we have an 
Unknown Customer Cameo, voiced by David Herman. We have Mr. Chuck Mangione, voiced by himself, of course. And then we have two one-off characters, Chris and Corey. And Mark, I don't have to tell you who Chris and Corey are voiced by, because we all grew up in the same time period and knew what was on Fox. So we knew the voice talent pool they got to pull from, didn't we? Yeah, look, kids, it's Topher Grace and Danny Masterson from That 70s Show. One's a sex offender and... One was in a pretty all right Spider-Man movie. Yeah, one of them is really into re-editing movies, and I I really want to watch his, like, two-and-a-half-hour Hobbit supercut where he cut all three movies into two-and-a-half hours. Because he hated... Yes, he hated the, like, nine hours of stuff and recut it, and, like, I... I, There's somewhere you can find it. Yeah, there's somewhere you can find it where he, he's like, this is a much better way. To, he, dude, he loves editing, I guess. He does these fan edits of shit like that all the time. So I'm like, okay, I'm into it. I want to see this. Okay. Very neat. Yeah. Oh, he uh, was so also synopsis. in Predator. Predators, oh, go ahead. Goddamn, he was amazing in it. Sorry, I'm done. Yes. No, 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 no. I always forget that he's in that. He's. It's so hard to separate him from, from Foreman. And I'm sure that it's going to dog him for his whole career. At least for me, it is. I don't know. I really liked him as Eddie Brock in the Spider-Man, and I liked him in Predators, and I don't know what he's... It took a long time for me to like Eddie Brock. His voice fucks me up, because he's got a very, very distinctive voice, and you know it's him automatically, but... Yeah. um, And we ought to just say, uh, fuck Danny Masterson, and we can move on. No, it's cool. He's he's like uh, part of that Scientology cult of Jane and Jane, and yeah, he's just... He's going to go and, and live and get his own planet and, and go and hang out with uh, his religious leader's wife pretty soon here, I'm pretty sure. He's um, also in prison for sexual assault on multiple counts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And it was all covered yeah. up by Sci- the Church of Scientology. He's the fucking worst. Allegedly. Um, uh, allegedly, yes, we should say that, just in case he's listening to this. Sorry, buddy. I uh, really hope synopsis. that Danny Masterson gets the dangle podcast in prison. <laughs> If you're Danny Masterson and want to come on our show, fuck you. No. Uh, Dale we will have the job Andy of Dick on before we have you. Fuck you. Oh. Uh, <coughs> God damn it. Oh. I will eat cupcakes with Andy Dick before I fucking hang out with Danny Masterson on this show. Oh. Um, Dale is given the job of exterminating the Megalomart after Hank recommends him. Short, sweet, to the point, I... Let's talk about it, buddy. A story Let's characters, Hank, Hank and Dale. We have a, a very small but very distinct B story, Peggy and Bobby. Um, notes. Give me some notes. Notes. Um, yeah. Uh, number one. Look, Johnny, King of the Hill 2, Ant Hill Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. This is literally the same premise as King of the Ant Hill. I don't care. This is six seasons later. I do not care. It's fine. And King, Fucking recycle King that the, plot, dog. Rehash. You're in a King new location. King of the Ant Hill is the better good. episode. We'll like, talk it's about strange it. to think. Yeah. Oh. We'll talk about it. Okay. How does Nancy not have health care from the station? I'm pretty sure, like, she'd have to be a union to be a newscaster. And then she would have to get, like... I don't know whatever SAG is for newscasters, but like, she ought to have health she insurance. She probably does. She probably does, but just lets Dale think that it's something he can contribute to, ob- obviously knowing he fucking can't. God, he pays I hope the cable so. Bill. Sometimes. <laughs> God, I, I really hope so. 
Um, we already talked about Topher Grace and Danny Masterson. Um, this is also a horror movie. Um, yeah, I don't, this was a, this, God, I wish I could go back in time to this weekend and watch it and be like, Hey man, in like 15 years, you were going to talk so much shit about how much you love these episodes, but goddamn, um, (laughs) I am indifferent to the B plot. I do not care. I don't care about it at all. However, there's a single frame of Bobby side shot stuffing beans in his nose and goddamn it. If I don't want that animation frame, (laughs) because it is hilarious. Um, Mongoose in the Ball Pit is also a horror movie that I would watch. Just like yes, man. Um, Mon- That's some anaconda shit. Mongooses in a Discovery Zone. I know we don't have those anymore, but like, you know what I mean? Is a horror movie like some some fucking oh, yeah. adults get hammered at like the children's fun park, and oh god, at the same time, a truck carrying radioactive evil mongoose rolled over on the freeway and they've entered this park and the adults are just like, there's six of them. And there's like, you know, the two couples that go off to go fuck somewhere. And then there's like the nerdy guy with the computer. And then there's like the gay football jock. I don't know, but yeah, it, it'll Mark, be great. I want to watch mongoose in a ball pit. Stop. The sci-fi channel can only get so hard. <laughs> sci-fi channel. Uh, if King of the Hill doesn't get rebooted and they don't want to hire me and Johnny as writers, there's fucking mongoose in a ball pit for you. <laughs> I'm available. Um, those are my notes. Oh, wait. No. So I got one note that's not really a con, but it's just I kind of want to bring it up. We just did, um, oh, my God, Texas Skillsaw Massacre. Right. Um, and Chuck Mangione assaults uh, Mr. Frond with his uh, flugelhorn. Yes. Yeah, that was like two weeks ago. He hasn't been hiding in Megalomart for months. That's that's it. I don't really care. I just there it is. <laughs> I'm also I'm also a hundred percent willing to believe that this is like a di- that this like should have aired earlier, and then Skillsaw should have come after this one. So like, you know, Chuck was discovered in the Megalomart, and you know, oh sure, sure. It's so then he had to like go punishment. to counseling or yeah, whatever. But uh, notes, buddy, what you got for me? I'm really glad that you have have more in here because I I don't have a lot for this for this one. Um, really, we already talked. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Chris and Corey are voiced by Hayden Foreman. Um, you already answered what you thought about the B story. That was a question of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care uh, about it, it's, but it, it's it's a fun, it's fine. I and you know what? I kind of guess I like the bit of Peggy bringing the fucking don't spill the bean game to the hospital to then beat yes. Bobby. I do like that bit. That's a funny bit. I just don't yes. care. You could put this B story into any other episode and it would affect it the exact same. Like nothing's changed by it. And that's my problem. with. Oh it. yeah. But, it's, it's straight up filler. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we've got, <laughs> I've got one more note here and it's all in caps here because I don't know if she'll ever say it again or re- use it again as a term of endearment or anything, but Peggy yelling, you little flapjack, when she finds out that Bobby is shoving beans up his nose. Oh, I yeah. Just, dude, I want a cat named Flapjack so fucking bad now. Oh, that is the cutest thing you've ever said. Oh, is that not just like the best name for an animal? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost as good as Meatball, but not quite. Oh, Hurt near. R.I.P. Buddy. Uh, that's what I got for notes, man. I've got fucking three of them. Give wow. me some pros. 
Alright, let's get into my staggeringly huge list of pros, because I like this one too. Hey, maybe that's the ticket to enjoying the later seasons. Weed. Um, <laughs> do you know a good exterminator, Hank? No. <laughs> he's so apprehensive. He's smart. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's fucking doing. Like, he loves Dale. We know this, but you don't recommend him. No, you know what can of worms you're opening when you do that. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. Like, and, and we also know Dale should not be exterminating anymore. Like, yeah, I have that in cons here. No, I don't even care. It's Dale. He's not going to listen to medical advice. Like, come on. It's all good. Um, hundred gribble bill. I just like that. Okay. Um, I like Dale's tackle box of poison. I thought that was cute. Dale should have that. It's very much up his alley to have that. It's very Dale to have that. Um, really, okay. Dale's whole arsenal in this episode, um, he shows once again what a masterful exterminator he really is because Dale is a great exterminator. He just isn't good yes. at doing anything because he's Dale. <clears throat> right. He, he can drive a tank, you know, like, but he still takes out Khan's cherry new ride. Like Kiss my ass. Um, <laughs> we get a lot of, not a lot, but giggly, grab-assy Bill and Boomhauer back in this episode, and boy, do I like we it. We do. I like it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. And then it kind of makes me wonder about like the interrelationship triangle between Dale, Bill, and Boomhauer, because like, is Boom is is okay? How do you do this? Is Bill the most popular one? Because Dale has been shown loving Bill a lot lately, and him and yeah. Bill Power have been, like, having a ton of fun palling around lately. It just makes me happy. I like to see it. Like, if we get this, and it reminds me to not get so upset when Bill starts eating change. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's it's like you lose your inhibitions when you're around Bill because he's a giant fucking kid. And yeah. it is, a, like, a negative part to some of our, our conversations that he is portrayed as a giant fucking kid, but you get... So much good shit in the background because of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm thinking back to uh, the Nine Rivers episode um, where they they build the the golf course, and I love the scene where they're they're talking about which one of them, which one of the white guys they want to bring to Nine Rivers, and he says, "I think you picked the best one out of the lot." And Dale and Bill and Boomhauer like they've got golf bags on their legs, and they're just like, yeah. Like like Frankenstein shuffling with each other and screwing around with each other and all that shit and that's that to me is it's just like silly background shtick that I love to see that you can only get with those three. Yeah, and they're legitimately having fun, and I think it's cute. Like it's a good little yeah thing. yeah. It's a it's very kiddish, but it yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, Bill's labeling of Chuck Mangione as a Chuckus Mangonis. I thought that was brilliant. Um, if we're yeah. looking at this like it's a horror movie, The Kills. Holy shit, The Kills, done by I guess it's the by Corey and Chris and like Boomhauer and the gyroscope. Um, and there's yeah. that like bit of like Chuck like inches toward him. Um, the POV shot of Bill, or it's not. So it's like the back shot of Bill in the heart monitor machine, and he's stuck, and he sees Chuck getting closer and closer. 
that's a cool bit. This is a good horror movie episode. It's 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 a right. good like this is a monster movie. Like we're going to go kill the monster. Oh, there is no monster. Oh shit, there was a monster. Like, yeah. I I yeah. dig it. Peggy with the beans at the ER. I laughed super hard at that. <laughs> and then I really like the twist of Chuck Mangione actually being in the Megalomart and being real and goddamn Dale solving it. Like Dale was right in the first place. Dale is the smartest character in this series. Um, I I know I, I oscillate between is he a genius or a sociopath. Right now, this week, Dale goddamn Gribble is a genius. And I would almost bet you that he that he set up like I think we have we might have a missing scene where Dale set up Hank bringing the guys. Because okay. he knew that if he called Hank and told him what he was doing, then that is what would flush Chuck Mangione out. Because he was still operating under the idea that it was him. So then Hank is going to show up and act as a distraction and screen for okay. Dale. And then Dale can get him. I think it was all a thousand percent set up. We just don't have that little scene. Dale drives off into the night knowing exactly what he did, exactly what happens. He even has the bit about, oh, yeah, I guess it wasn't that, huh? Like, no, this is... Yeah, very smug. This might be the best Dale episode on my end that we've gotten. I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Okay. The man has a goddamn bite bite encyclopedia. His bite journal. I love that. Man, where did I get that? The picture of him putting his hat on the monkey at fucking Monkey Country (laughs) Safari. Like, there's so many levels to it. This is a. It's all good. I'm sorry. I'm done talking. No, I'm. Give me your cons. I'm glad. Uh, Well, I got to give you my pros first, buddy. Oh, Um, I thought you were. Okay, sorry. My bad. My bad. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. Well, you you already took like 90% of them. So we're, we're same braining here. Um, I, I got a question for you. Where is every, where does everybody else stack up on the Gribble Bill denominations? And does Dale include himself? No, but I bet Rusty Shackelford is on the five. Okay, so you think Shackelford's on the five? I would say uh, Bill is is like the maybe the one, or he's like the penny, the the Gribble cent. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there will. like cents in Gribbles? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see either Boomhauer or Nancy being on the 50 because I don't think he would put himself on it. He would put Nancy on the 10 because he thinks Nancy's a 10. Okay. My stomach just grumbled and my mic picked it up. Holy shit. (laughs) There's a spike for my stomach. Um, um, If Nancy's a 10, then Joseph's the 20. I don't, I bet he doesn't put Joseph on it, but I bet he puts one. I bet he puts his turtles on the 20. No, there's a two There's a two gribble bill with two show turtles on it. Yeah. And then, yeah, Joseph is on the 20. So Boomhauer's got to be the 50. Do you think? I think so. If Hank's the hundred and there's no way Bill's the 50. Well, cause I wonder if like, it's a special thing that Hank's on the money, you know, like maybe it's not. All the people that Dale knows, but it's the things that he holds most dear. Okay. I don't know. Well, now all of a sudden I want to know what the Gribble Bill denominations are, and I want want a copy of each one. Well, Um, what's that exchange rate? Like... (laughs) Shit, dude. (laughs) Um... Let's see. I love... You already hit it, but I love that Dale has a tackle box full of bait. 
Um, it's it's been a good while since we had a, an episode with just the guys, and it feels like this is a, a good set piece for all four guys. They all get their moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the one I I wrote down here that you didn't hit is I think it's very it's very heartwarming and touching that Dale is flattered by Hank's endorsement. Like he oh, holds yeah. Hank's endorsement in such high esteem, and he's just like. This is this is why he is on the hundred the hundred gribble bill because Dale thinks very highly of Hank. He's always trying to do something around Hank, mm-hmm. and so uh, to me it was it was just a very nice like nod to their friendship that he really does mean an awful lot to Dale. So to get his his endorsement in something like that, he really doesn't want to screw it up. He's just kind of a moron sometimes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, give me cons, buddy cons um holy shit dale is an asshole double parking the bugabago in the handicap spot at the megalo mart <laughs> i didn't notice that that's a good catch <laughs> that's yeah that's like yeah it's when they cut to dale at the megalo mart for the first time like during business hours the bugabago's double parked in the handicap zone Cons, what you got, buddy? I I really like this episode. Like, I can't. I, I know I kind of bitched about the B plot. I just don't care. It's no one cares. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, whatever. It's a B plot. Who cares? Like, it's not enough to derail me. And I again, I get Bobby like the side shot of Bobby up the nose, and then Peggy freaking out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've got two cons here. Uh, the first one, canonically, Dale shouldn't be using poisons anymore. We've already discussed yeah. that. Um, you also made a good, good argument of Dale's not going to fucking listen to the doctor. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, he'll tell you what he told that incompetent quack. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I feel bad because for me, this episode is not a winner for me. Okay. Not even a little bit. Um, I don't hate it by any means. But it is just, I was not cryptically high when I watched it, so maybe that has the difference maker. Um, for me, it, I was it on the other steam. side of the mountain by this point, to be fair. Like, okay. You know. Uh, for, me, for me, it just loses steam about halfway through, and then it just never gets back up to that point. Really? I don't know. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't like our guest stars. And I think the okay. fact that they show up halfway through is, is just like a, a shitty misdirect for... I, I like that Chuck Mangione is actually there. But by the time they reveal the other two assholes and they're just playing games on everybody and it's not actually Chuck messing with them, then it, it just gets kind of shitty for me. And it just I can't ever bring it back up from that point. But I, I'm glad that you liked it, though, because it's... Dude, the variety is what makes this so much fun to record with you. Hell Yeah. And so it's nice to hear you really go to bat for one for like I not that you never do, but it's it's not often that you do and I don't. Yeah, like usually that's the theme is I'm kind of like the antagonist here, and you're like, no, nah, Mark, it's okay. King of the Hill can be good. I'm like, oh fuck you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean that's that's all I got for cons though. Uh, give me a favorite moments. Uh, favorite moments. I already kind of hit it with the kills, respectively. But then okay. um, to that end. Hank taking the lacrosse stick, jamming it into the gyroscope, and then chastising yeah. Boomhauer because he already has one at home. <laughs> yeah. 
That's, that's a good such one. a good little bit. Um, but then, um, more to the point, I really, really, really like the ending of Chuck Mangione standing on the Megalomart playing Feels So Good. Hank going, yes. what is that? And Dale's going, Muzak. It's Muzak, Hank. That That yeah. is such a cool little bit. Um, we, we have found the, the monster that lives in the forest, but really the monster was the logging company. And now we know that the monster is there to protect the forest. We know the Manjoni reigns in his kingdom of Megalomart. It's all good. All is well in the land of the Gribble. Like, ah, shit. What are you rating it? Or no, your favorite moments. What am I doing? I'm so warned up. I'm sorry. You're good, buddy. You're good. I have one, and it's, it is like the smallest, tiniest throwaway line that doesn't make any sense if you're not paying really close attention to this episode. So early on, Hank is talking to um, uh, Tom Arnold, what's Norm Gladwell, um, about how much, it's like early in the episode, how much he has grown to like the Megalomart and how he really likes getting his hammers and his shoes or something, or his slacks at the same store or whatever. He's talking to his Norm, hammer, and Norm his hammer and pants. Yeah. So we can see how they look together. Yeah. Um, and uh, Norm talks to him and he made, he, he has this throwaway line of, yeah. And we just got a new shipment of those culottes. Your wife, your wife likes, which of course Peggy would wear fucking culottes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the line, my favorite moment is with the guys are all dressed up in their Dale's dead bug jumpsuits. They walk into the Megalomart and, and just the tiniest little voice out of Hank just says, hey, that's where the culottes are. And then they shift the scene. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that is the stupidest, like, ridiculous, most ridiculous callback. And I fucking love it. Just, hey, <laughs> that's where the culottes are. Like, the guys, are one, need to know. But two, like, none of them were talking to this 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 other guy about it. Like, to me, it just shows the ridiculousness of somewhere down the line, Hank was telling the guys about the conversation he had and thought it pertinent to tell everybody, oh, yeah, and this guy's so nice. He, he'd let me know where the culottes are because that's what Peggy <laughs> likes to get at the Megalomart. <laughs> okay. It's, it's some next level, like, normal shit from Hank. I love it. Yeah. That's my okay. favorite moment, man. It's such a stupid throwaway line, but. Right on. I'm into it. Um, what do you want to rate her, buddy? Um, so I gave it a butane, man. Butane? Okay. Yep. I think Dale is great. I think for me, it, it seems like it should be funnier than it really is. It just feels very meh. And, and I feel like they wanted to focus a lot more on their two younger guest stars. And it's just not very good. Okay. For me. But I will give them this. Good for them for getting Danny Masterson and not Ashton Kutcher, who would have been the bigger get. Like they, yeah. they gambled. They gambled with somebody who was lesser known. And I'll give them props for that, even though the guy is a piece of shit. How about I you, man? What would you? <laughs> Yo, probably. Yo, shit. At this point, probably. Yeah. Um, what would you rate this bad boy? Um, I give I it a charge. Pretty high. <laughs> Yeah, I gave okay. it a charking. I think it's great. Um, this is a good episode. Um, I might, maybe I am a little bit like, what do you call that? Skewed in my rating because I did also watch this in at the same time as I watched Pygmalion, and I took it as like, this is the fucking Halloween episode that we should have had. Um, for you and I, it's the first or second week in November. We just came off of Halloween, and like, I'm still horned You're up in the for mood. Spooky. I'm in the mood. This maybe just hit me at the right moment, but goddamn, did it hit me hard. Um, my biggest problem with it is the B plot, and really, that's a big who cares. So yeah, it's a char king. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Good shit. Right on, buddy. Well, Mark, I say we get on out of here, but I got a question for you first. Uh, what's that, sir? Hey, do you still like King of the Hill, Mark? Man, I still re- You know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. I still love King of the Hill, man. I'm. Hey. I, we haven't really had a bad episode thus far. Like, I was real worried about it, but shit, I'm liking what we got. How about you, buddy? Do you still like King of the Hill? Hey, I still love King of the Hill. I'm glad to we hear ha- it, I haven't hit the downward slope yet. We, we, we're not there. Every time I think, oh, this is it, this is it's going to be this week, I get saved by something or I find something else to just fall in love with again. And, and that's, that's the beauty of rewatching the show and getting to, to really break it down like this. Hell yeah, absolutely. You, uh, you want to tell those good people where they can find us, Sir John? Absolutely. The good people of internet and podcast land can find us at Dangle Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. They can also email us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. You guys can find me on Instagram at krautball. That's kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Uh, I try and tend to, to com- comment or share or, or do some other stuff. I'm not the best about social media, so uh, you can't always find me on our uh, Instagram. But sometimes I'm on there with my personal account. Shit, yeah. once in a blue moon, I'll, I'll get on there and do that today. Hell yeah. And how about you, Mark? Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter or our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh take a just talk about a variety of weird subjects. Um, also want to point out, we're not good at social. If you're trying to get a hold of us, do it through Twitter, because I lost the Facebook password and I just auto-generate the posts on it based off the Instagram posts. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> Guys, if you're trying to get a hold of us, Gmail, Dangle Podcast, or Twitter is probably the easiest, because DM. Like, I'm on my goddamn Twitter all the time, so do it that way. Um, Yeah, and that's what I got. <laughs> Eight, $8 blue check mark incoming, right, Mark? <laughs> you know it, buddy. Man, I just I want to take this time to say uh, what a great job I think Elon Musk is doing with Twitter. Um. You fucking did it. You destabilized the insulin business. Fucking A, fam. Um, <laughs> way to go. Like, did you see the, like, crippling loss that Lockheed Martin took? Wow. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know, man. I Is Elon the fucking Snyderverse of internet billionaires where everyone hates him except for me who sees the bigger fucking picture? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, give us that money, Elon. You back us. Buy me a Tesla. I don't fucking know. Johnny, let's get out of here. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week, everybody.